Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and we are opening up 2022 with a lineup of shows that's going to be a blast from our past. It's a total mix-up of some of the best of the best of our boozy banter with some of our most inspiring designated drinkers. So first, head over to designateddrinker.show to find a cocktail recipe or five from our library of libations and get ready for some fun-filled flashback action. They say the third time's a charm, and our third Remix Mix-Up episode is about the three key ingredients to living a life well-lived. Finding balance, sharing joy, and eating well. The words spoken by these two amazing guests we're featuring on this episode are exactly what my ears needed to hear. So let's dive right into episode 106 with designated drinker Kristen Colfield as she shares some of the tough patches she hit that eventually led her to rebooting her life. All of a sudden, things start to change in my life. My mom's cancer comes back. My dad has Alzheimer's. We start to have some financial struggles. Uh, kids leave home, go to college. I've got a kid playing a Division I college sport. Um, our financial troubles get worse. I'm diagnosed with thyroid cancer, and my dog dies. Ugh. And it's oh, just wow. like, oh my God. So I go from having this big world where I am, you know, I'm I have a I'm entertaining like Martha Stewart. I have a business. I've got a, a social life. I've got my arms around everything to I am just trying to get through each day and figure out how I'm gonna pay tuitions. I'm taking money from this account and putting it in that account. I'm dealing with parents who are failing. And one day I just, I'm in my bed and the first thought I have is, how am I going to get through this day? This cannot be what the universe imagined for me. This cannot be the divine plan for Kristen Cofield. And I can't control all these things that are going on. I can't control the finances. I can't control other people's health. Um, I can't control, you know, that my dog is dying (laughs) and But what I can control, I can control what's on the end of my fork. I can control what I'm eating. So I start with that thing, that thing I have used my whole life, food, which I have made a living with food. I have made a used food to show everybody I love them. Now I need to use food to show me how I love me. So I start on the end of the fork and I start controlling what I'm eating and I get rid of all the things in my diet that might be bringing me down. I control the caffeine, I control the alcohol, I get rid of the gluten, I get rid of the sugar. I start eating foods as fuel. I'm eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains and I start to feel better because at least I can control this one thing. Kristen proves that even at our darkest points, if we look hard enough, we will find light. That if when life gets completely out of control, it's not, we might just need to focus in on a single aspect of our lives and start our work there. It might feel small, but obviously our efforts can be mighty. Now listen in as designated drinker Jay Villar of episode 62 shares how food played a major role in redirecting his life. Here I am, um, a, a very young, like, um, executive, uh, have, have this, this great sort of like, you know, career that I've worked very, very hard for, 
you know, but at the end of the day, as I mentioned, like, you know, what was bringing me alive? Yeah. And when I sort of started to do the evaluation, I realized that, you know, as good as I am at my job, is it something that I would be proud of if I look at the longevity of my life? And you know, the more I sort of asked those questions, the more I was getting the answers to them. And I think that's where the sort of like the real journey begins with anybody is that if if you feel as if, you know, the life that you're currently living isn't your self-expression and your fulfillment, whatever that's what's inside of you, I think that when you start asking and exploring those questions, those answers will eventually come up. And what that what that meant and what that looked like for me was starting to put into action a lot of the things that I was just learning around, like what actually health and proper nutrition and the power of like food actually can do for the body. And once I started doing those things, the light bulbs just started coming on. And that pathway just got like deeper and more rigid because I was like, wow, like if I'm if I'm learning this stuff and I'm getting tremendous amount of like energy and value from it, imagine what I can do with this information if I started to applying and helping others do the same thing. So all of these things sort of like bubbling up and and then I was starting to like rediscover, okay, what could this potentially look like? What's the message that I have for the world that I want to, to share? So at the end of my life, I can actually say, I, I did that, I help people because that was what was important to me. And it was in the vein of like health, nutrition, and focusing on food. Both Kristen and Jay have dedicated their lives to helping others. And in my opinion, that deserves an applause, which is exactly what Jay gets in this next clip. For me, like I saw that there is a huge disconnection between the way that we look and approach um, our current food supply. And I saw through my pathway and now helping others that even if they pay attention just to a little bit with a little bit of education, a little understanding as far as what health, what nutrition, what our um, agriculture and food system sort of looks like and, and making it sort of a meaningful way for them and their lives, it's gonna make a difference for them. And I, and I dedicated my, my life, I dedicated my, my, my passion, I'm dedicating now my business to that you know, overall you know, solution to that bigger problem that I'm helping sort of solve. And even if I can just you know, help a few people in my lifetime, that's great. I know I'm not gonna solve everything, but if I can just do a little bit, then that's what I'm be able to say that I can wake up now and say, yes, I do have like that sort of like passion and vigor in my life. No, it's that positive contribution to something greater than yourself. Right, right, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. And we don't all get to say that. And we don't all get to do that. And to the fact that you have put that in the forefront of your life, it's courageous and it's a plot. I mean, it deserves to be a little applause. Oh, I mean, no, thank you. I was like, yeah, all of us. How do you reboot your life when you almost have nothing to reboot it with, you know? And, and for me, I consider myself to be one of the most capable people. And when I look back and see how I had made myself a victim, you know? Yeah. I had kind of like, in my own way, I had enabled this to go on longer than it should have. And, you know, I was problem solving, but I was actually keeping the problem going. So I started on the end of my fork, I rebooted, I ended up getting an amazing job, which I, um, I left a, a little over a year ago. But at the same time, I started the culinary cure. 
And that was my way of kind of creating this playbook for how I was rebooting my own life with recipes and formulas for creating a morning routine and a bedtime routine and, and literally biohacking all the conditions that I could control within my life. Now, we all know there is so much information out there, especially this time of year when we are being bombarded with weight loss ads everywhere. So how would one even know where or how to begin? Kristen and Jay offer up some key thoughts to help us start navigating the space. How does someone even begin? Because when you're that far out, and a lot of people struggle with weight. I'm one of them my entire life. And and it's funny is that you say you simply control with the end of the fork. It's a bigger, it's a bigger than that. It's so much bigger because it's, it's the emotions. It's the, it's your history. It's your, the way you were raised, all of those things. It's, you're in a bad mood. It's gray. It's, you know, all of those things come into play. What is, do you have like just that a little like nugget if it, it, to say, this, here's how that really, that, I, I know that's trying to like well, bring but, it down, but that. It, but you're, you're, you're really, it's, this is a really huge, is. important piece of the whole equation. It is freaking overwhelming, everything you just said. Yep. You know, it's like there's, we're all being bombarded with so much information about what we should be doing. Yeah. And as my story shows, I just had, I could only start with one thing. So you pick that one thing. And I tell every single person I coach, the one thing should be water. Most of us don't drink enough water. And here we are on the, I am the designated drinker today. So I, I came to you really hydrated. well hydrated. Um, because hydration is the low-hanging fruit of wellness. Can, there we you, go. can you explain, because I hear a different number for how many ounces a day. Can you just? You bet. <laughs> I have got a formula. And so I, what I say to people is, the goal is, 10 ounces an hour for 10 hours a day. Okay. Because anybody can drink 10 ounces of water in an hour. The goal is not to drink 100 ounces of water in one sitting because that would just go through you. The goal is to start your day. Your first beverage of the day should be water because when we're sleeping, our body is in fast mode. So Sleep is so important because between the hours of 11 and 2, our body is doing these really important metabolic processes. It's literally, that spinal fluid is coming up, and we're literally power washing our brains. So we should be try to be asleep, and I know that's hard in the hospitality industry, <laughs> to be asleep between 11 and 2. To sleep at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the first beverage of the day really shouldn't be a caffeinated beverage. It should be water. So if you start your day rehydrating after the fast that occurs during sleep, you can get your your first 10 ounces of water done. And then you just sort of sip on water. If you're not measuring it, you're probably not drinking enough. Um, But I know in the hospitality industry and restaurants, you know, everybody's uh, drinking out of the the plastic cork cork containers, containers, you know. So that, that should be kind of your goal is 10 ounces an hour. 10 hours a day. And if you start when you get up in the morning, you're pretty much done before dinner. So what that does, what hydration does is, first of all, if you're even a little bit dehydrated, 
It can make you feel cranky and hangry. It can lead to poor food decisions and poor beverage decisions. So, you know, you never want to be a thirsty drinker when you go to get your cocktail, your mezcal (laughs) cocktail, which I know is coming my way. Um, Because if you're a thirsty drinker, you're going to drink too fast. So by being well hydrated, you're kind of putting the odds in your favor to uh, make better food and beverage choices. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, and just put you in a better mood, which usually gets me a better cocktail. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jay takes it even a step further and explains how stress can derail all of our efforts. But not to worry, he gives us some healthy ways to deal with it. I've been friends that eat terribly yeah. because they do things like never eat when they're stressed out and then like or never eat or don't and go, eat well. and go the other way and then they drink and then like they're they're in worse shape than i am right yeah yeah and that's the thing i mean like you know we all have i mean look we're we're sitting in a nation's capital like this is one of those like you know stressed out cities that i've ever like sort of experienced and stress is a huge factor just in the overall holistic view of like the human being and like and and we as as a as a, as a culture haven't really adapted ourselves to understand how to let go and relieve that stress, right? So if we, if like, obviously, you know, humans are animals, but if you like to look at an animal that's sort of like stressed out and what happens to them is they know actually how to like let go and release their stress so much more quickly. You know, there's like these, you know, bunnies running around here, right? (laughs) And like, if there was, you know, a a, a fox or a wolf that was trying to chase this, this, this bunny and the bunny got away, it's, it, it literally has these like cortisol stress hormones that are that are in the body. And then once that initial threat is going on, the bunny literally shakes it off and then goes about to stay as, as like nothing happened, right? Yeah. And here, you know, as like sort of humans, we're stressed out about like whether or not we're gonna get, you know, to work on time, what like what's gonna, what is that, is that next email going to like attack us? Yeah. You know, all these, all these, you know, chronic stress indicators and then we're, we're literally carrying around that stress with us all the time and it continues to like compound. So even if you have like the most like cleanest diet that you can ever think of, if you don't have the mechanisms to let go and release that stress on a regular basis, based that, that hopefully that, that works for you and your body, all you're gonna do is start learning these like, you know, coping mechanisms that just help you. Mean you mean like sitting it. on a bar stool? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, look, I'm not gonna knock it, right? Like I say, like part of, you know, part of the stress release is also like talking to people, right? Like, well, laughter. Yeah, laughter, laughter. Course, laughter yeah. yeah. yeah but having a good time. Having you're a right. good time. Moderation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's, it's, it's about like, the, like <laughs> look, I'm all about like, like, look, I, it's it's not like I don't I don't drink ever, right? Like, I'm currently like not drinking now because I'm just putting myself into like more of a, a state that I like to be um, with, with energy. But you know, for me, like if 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 I had like a, a stressful time and and I come home and like I just want like kiki with like my bet with with like my besties and just like kind of like laugh about the day over a glass of wine, that is way better than just you know doing it by yourself, right? Yeah. And then just like just hoping that you forget about what was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many questions. Imagine that. Another key factor is learning your triggers and how to cope with them. Here, Kristen breaks it down even further. She explains how playing with your food can be a good thing and how to look to food as fuel so we can make the best of our day. 
in the blue zones where people live longer and healthier lives than any place else on earth, most of these blue zones, people do not have fancy kitchens or fancy cooking equipment. They're working with really basic equipment, but they're eating simpler foods. They're not eating processed foods. Processed anything is really not great for us. And that's where we're getting into trouble, you know, with this Western diet. People are eating foods that have been altered tremendously from their original healthy form. And that's everything from our um, carbohydrates and potatoes um, to to our the oils we cook with, to uh, many of the beverages, even wine um, that we drink. So, you know, the important thing is to create the conditions of life for the life you want to live. And there's only two types of food. There's functional food and there's celebratory food. So what happens is, is people get really confused and they're like eating celebratory when they should be having functional food. Food in its most simple form is fuel. And that's what calories are. Calories are energy. Is this an example of celebratory versus functional? Sometimes (laughs) when I'm just out to lunch while I'm working, I'll have a salad Mm -hmm. because I know I want to have like something really, uh, I don't know, indulgent for dinner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the celebratory. Right. So you know the celebratory is coming. So what you're doing, you're kind of biohacking the situation. You're, You're playing with your food. Using it as fuel. In a good way. In a good way, yeah. Well, Your mother's we, not going to smack you for it this yeah, time. Yeah, no, not this time. But you're using it to um, to achieve your end goal, mm-hmm. which is I know I'm going to be eating celebratory food. I really don't need celebratory food at lunchtime. I need fuel at lunchtime to help me get to that place because I'm going to have a glass of wine or a cocktail. I'm going to eat, you know, the richer food. And by having that lunch, I'm putting the odds in my favor that I'm going to feel better about okay. that. Yeah, it's uh, it, I think what happens is and often when people are running fast, life is just getting like you're in that rat, rat race. You do eat for fuel, but you're eating celebratory, even though it might be like it's a, you grab the burger, you grab the fries because it's quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's in your eating mindless, but you really are. You're, you're hungry and so you're trying to fuel the body, but you're picking the wrong foods in which to fuel with is what I'm hearing you say. Right, because (laughs) what you eat matters and how you eat matters. So um, not having a plan is kind of planning to fail. And if you know you're going to be running around, even just throwing an apple in your bag can make a huge difference. And um, I would say an apple is a great example because an apple a day is really a thing. An apple is filled with the essential prebiotic fiber that we need to nourish gut health and help, you know, keep those probiotics healthy. So apples are a great grab and go for, you know, when you know you're going to be running around. Making little packets of nuts is great too. Um, A hard-boiled egg, an avocado toast. I I wrote an article on how to avoid being hangry and things you could get at a, literally at a gas station rest stop. Yeah. You know, you can always get water as much as we hate single use plastics and um, you can usually get nuts or something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's best to have a plan because we, we do lead busy lives and that shouldn't be an excuse for eating mindlessly. Failing to plan is planning to fail. Not the first time you've heard that, huh? Now I know these are words I definitely need to heed. 
Because it's funny how when it's broken down, you can actually see the trees through the forest, as they might say. Here, Jay gives some more tips on how to take control and not let those damn stressors trip us up and keep us from reaching our goals. What, you know, candy and like, you know, high sugar foods to do, it's like an immediate um, activation for our reward system, right? It just like lights up our brain like a Christmas tree where we're like, there's so much stress going on. I just need to like let go of whatever sort of it is. You know, you, you like have your like favorite tree and it's just like, whoa, I'm just, you know, fine now because all, all it is, is just like this major like dopamine rush that's like going on in your brain. But the fact of the matter, like, yes, it helps relieve that, you know, moment, but the stress is always still going to be there, right? So it's sort of like just like compounds. So I think... But then your body crashes too. And your body crashes too. And so it works can't... off the mind too, like the memory, it's all nostalgic. Of you course, were, yeah, you yeah. were good. You were good, so you got right. ice cream. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. you get like at Christmas, you have chocolates, and at Easter, you get like a basket full of crack. What do you... What, I mean, what give me... We taught that. Give me a, like a suggestion. Say, so somebody like me, say comes to see you, and I'm like... This is what I do. We go to this assessment, yeah. right? And then you say to me, like, here's here's what I would like you to do. When you go to eat the candy, don't eat the candy, do this. Like, what is a way to start getting yourself away from that? Right, right. So a couple things. Um, the first thing to do is, is just about getting yourself to a, a state of baseline that... Um, that you know will not put you in a, in a state of, of fight, flight, or freeze. So what that means is that um, when you're reacting to your stress, you're then immediately unconsciously going to whatever stress reliever that you, you have, i.e., you know, candy or Sour Patch Kids. And, 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 yeah. and, and let's say, hypothetically, your friend, you know, reaches for the Hypothetical, right? Stop yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 first about you know creating the baseline and just getting present to what's sort of happening, and it literally starts with just like breathing, right? So if you if you can just breathe, breathe for ten seconds, right, and then and then after after that ten seconds, right, just like ten deep breaths, right, what what you then are able to actively choose as far as what's then more in alignment to your friend's higher goal right so if you're if, if you're if your friend's like higher goals of high purpose is to is to learn right you know more positive you know stress coping mechanisms then it's then discovering what those stress coping mechanisms are right so first start with breathing right so 10 breaths and if, and if you realize that your stress mechanism that that you can do is you know writing in a gratitude journal for you know five minutes then that's one that's one strategy if you realize that a stress um reliever is doing 10 jumping jacks because you just need to like move your body and that's then that that's that's not that's another way if your stress reliever is that you need to like you know call a friend then like you know call a friend right so it's it's identifying first like what's your stress reliever that that works for you in your life but to get there, you have to like break that cycle first. You have to you have to realize that holy cow, I'm in a state of stress. My natural stress response is reaching for Sour Patch Kids, say your friend, yeah, and then saying, okay, okay, what it, what I got to do? Count to ten. 
count to 10 with, with, with breaths. When, when you get to one, you then actually have more of a choice versus being reactive to your old sort of pathways. So is it or her old pathways, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else's. Somebody else's. <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> so is it, it's that moment of being present. Right. Exactly. There's so much power there. There's so much power there. I am stressed. Yes. Acknowledge it. Trying to, trying to, to, yeah, acknowledge it and trying to own it. Yeah. So it doesn't own you. Exactly. Yeah. Name it. And and the world that we live in, like, it is not set up for the success. You know, you have to, like, really, literally learn learn how to retrain yourself to approach the world differently, approach your time differently, approach your, like, food gathering differently, you know? First, like, the way that you you think about food and your relationship to food. Food gathering. That's a cool term. So to close out this remix mix-up, let's listen in as Kristen closes out episode 106 by giving us some tips on fats and which ones we want to include and some that we don't. She also sums up the ingredients it takes to create the fabulous life we want and deserve. So you know you don't want to miss this bit. Okay, so we usually have a way to end the show, but I would really like you to end this show. It's a little different. Not everyone gets health tips at Designated Drinker. We talk about having a healthy drinking habit. Um, but so I'd like, you mentioned that there are five healthy fats that we should all know about, right? Did you not tell me that? Five healthy facts? No, well, no, fat, fats, fats. Oh, the healthy fats. fats. Yes. yes the, the healthy fats. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a good way for us to, we know we got to do some cleanup work in our kitchen. We know we got to have some more mezcal, more water, and these five fats. Right. So first of all, I just want to reiterate the water because mm-hmm. hydration is the low-hanging fruit of wellness, yes. and everybody can do it. doesn't cost any money. You can start where you are, use what you have, do what you can with that. Um, that's a quote by Arthur Ashe. I love it. <laughs> um, but the health, the fats are complicated for people. Like so many aspects of wellness, people are overwhelmed with information about what, what should I be cooking with, what shouldn't I be cooking with. Well, here's the deal. You shouldn't be cooking with anything that wasn't around when your great-grandparents were cooking. So there are only five healthy fats that we can cook with. Butter, and I love me some good grass-fed mm-hmm. butter. Yeah. Mm. I eat it like cheese. I love it. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, I, oh, come on. I mean, Have you never? There's sp- love, and then there's love. <laughs> Have you never spread butter on a cracker? Oh, I mean, yeah. There's about eight best, jokes that right? I just didn't make. Go ahead. Okay. So... So butter, coconut oil, and for people who are like, oh, I don't like coconut flavor, get expeller-pressed coconut oil. It won't have a real coconut. What was that? Expeller-pressed. Expeller. Okay. Um, butter, coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, and lard. Yeah. From grass-fed animals, obviously, lard. Yeah. Um, so that's it. So we want to dial down inflammation every chance we get. We want to save our celebratory foods for when it's really worth it. And we want to use our food functionally to fuel our best lives and our best health. Cheers to that. That sounds beautiful. So it's all about taking the things we do that we love. You know, dieting doesn't work. This is about creating a lifestyle. Lifestyle is everything. And giving people the tools to trade up or trade down so they can use food to fuel this, this life that's filled with fun and friends and food, but not food that's making us, you know, fat and sick and old before our time. 
There's so much more these two amazing guests shared in their full episodes. So to get all the tips and tricks they shared to help us reach our health goals, tune in to episode 106 with Kristen Cofield and episode 62 with Jay Villar. I know I learned so much, and I can only help you find our discussions as enlightening as I did. So head over to designateddrinker.show, you know it, designateddrinker.show, to find the perfect cocktail recipe to help you detox while you retox, and then tune in for the rest of our boozy but healthy banter with these two smart, caring, straight shooter guests. So in 2022, let's eat well, live well, and be well. Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.